What's up and welcome to Shop Sounds, a woodworking podcast about nothing. With myself, Nick Key of Key Woodworks, Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth, and Keith Johnson, better known as KJ Sawdust. All three of us are on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, I was thinking today as I was working in the shop, as I often do, about life and um, philosophy. And, you know, I go, I, I get really deep when I'm by myself sanding. Oh, yeah. And I had this thought. I had this thought. And the thought was, so I've everything I know, every piece of knowledge I've ever gained in my entire adult life, I've learned on YouTube. Really? Yeah. I get everything. Like if I need to change a filter in my air conditioner, YouTube it. If I need to know how to use a camera, YouTube it. Keith was just talking about his microphone. YouTube it. Figure out how to use your microphone. And then it made me realize if the grid goes down, mm. I, can't, I won't be able to do anything. Yeah, that's true. You'll be left to fend for yourself. I mean, that's it. I'm done. Do you not have a set of like encyclopedias? No. Who, does anybody? Do they even? <laughs> do they? Anymore. Legitimate question. Do they make encyclopedias anymore? Like printed encyclopedias? Uh, I don't know. I would think they do. I actually bought a set. My grandmother bought me a set when I went to college. The full set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. And yeah, that's a heavy gift. That was yeah. a big Literally. investment. Yeah. Do you not have the it? The problem still? is, uh, uh, no. I'm pretty sure that was garage sale for about 12 bucks. <laughs> right. But I mean, most of that stuff, it stays relevant. I mean, physics doesn't change and all, you know, a lot of world history, but there's so much going on, new things happening that they become yeah. irrelevant. Well, and then I was thinking like, okay, let's say that I had an idea to create a website like YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is going to be an amazing idea. Create this website with everybody can upload videos. People can learn stuff. Well, my first thought would be like, I'm going to search on YouTube to figure out how to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if that was your original idea and you couldn't do that, I mean, props to the guys that invented YouTube because they couldn't get on YouTube to figure out how to do it. Right. That's crazy. Right. Kind of blows your mind a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty deep, man. Uh, and see, I told you, I get, I start sanding all day. I start thinking of weird, deep things, man. Shoot. But the other what thought I had was, okay, this is the opposite end of the spectrum. But pretzel nachos. Ooh. Right? Everyone's using corn chips, which is good. But what about branching out? Pretzel nachos. Huh? Yeah. That sounds pretty good. That actually right? sounds like really good. Like pretzel rods or just like the regular rolled See, gold? See, that's the thing is your personality can kind of like depict what you do here. You could do the sticks. You could do the nuggets. You could really go any direction. I'm just thinking this could be good. I'd prefer the rods, then you can, I mean, if you allow double dipping, then you have the long That's pretzel true. rod, you can take some cheese, grab a little jalapeno and bacon bits over here, like yeah. a big swizzle stick. Ooh. Yeah. But have you not had uh. pretzel chips? No. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. They're like flat I remember pretzels. pretzels got really, really big a few years ago. There's pretzel buns, there's pretzel bagels, I mean, pretzel everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... I don't know. I've been on a pretzel kick lately. I've just been eating them at night because they're good. And if I pour a little bowl of pretzels and I get a beer, 
and I pour it out of the can into a glass and I have my glass of beer and a bowl of pretzels. I just feel like I'm at a bar. It's nice. Right. <laughs> it's helping me cope. It's helping me cope with coronavirus. That's pre COVID. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. But anyways, these are my thoughts. This is about as deep as I, as I get nacho pretzels and, um, the origin of YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. So, wow. How are you guys doing? How um how many chisel handles are you up to at this point, Keith? Is I that what you want to be called, at, Keith? I forget. What are we calling you? Yeah, what are we calling you? <laughs> Actually, now that you mention it, my Latin name from 11th grade, Publius, oh. is always a favorite. My uh, two best friends and I, we had to name ourselves. So I was Publius. My friend Charlie was Sextus. And my friend Mark was Manlius. And then his <laughs> girlfriend... His girlfriend was in the class, and she was Stella. So we were the Latin trio and Stella. Oh, man. I bet you guys Stella. didn't get made fun of at all. Oh, our teacher was not a fan when she realized that these were real names that high schoolers <laughs> could pick for themselves. Publius. Publius. Oh, that reminds me of my high school Spanish class. We all had to pick Spanish names for ourselves. Hmm. And when it got to me, the teacher was like, what's your name? And I said, huevos. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it means eggs, right? That's innocent. Yeah. But he he was not buying it. He did not allow it. And so he then picked a name for me because he thought it was inappropriate, my name. And um, he labeled me Rico Suave. <laughs> <laughs> so for all high school Spanish, I was Rico Suave. Rico. But from That's this right. point on in the podcast, you'll be known as uh, Publix Market. No, was that Publ- it? <laughs> Pub- Publius. Publius. That's it. Boy, oh boy. All right, so back to the question. How many chisel handles are you up to? Well, I think, I think I'm at 12. What? And five that never made it past like the shaping stage on the lathe. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare down there. You know, last night I'm out there to like 9.30. It's 86 degrees in the shop. I'm sweating, sanding, tr- sweat dripping off my face. I'm like, this, what, what, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? Well, why do you keep here? making more? Is there like, is there legitimately anything wrong with them? Or is this just I don't being like, like it's, not, I, it's not good enough. Looks like I, yeah, a penis. Like a, <laughs> 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 feels like, I, it's like I think of an idea and then I do it and I'm like, ah, I don't really like that. Let me try something else and try something else. And it just keeps snowballing. And I mean, ultimately, I'm probably going to end up going back to one of the f- two of the first ones that I made because all these other experiments have been. So one of like, your experiments I, like- I was actually curious about because I had this yeah. thought in mind because I did like the, you know, brass knuckle esque ones. And I mm-hmm. laminated maple in the middle with walnut on the outside. My original thought was to do a thin sheet of brass in the middle instead of maple with walnut on the outside. But in my head, I was like, how am I going to get this brass to properly adhere to the wood? Mm-hmm. And I saw that you had a little bit of an issue with that. So what happened? Yeah, it exploded on the lathe. <laughs> uh, so this, this... Wow, what an experience. Last weekend was insane like my stories my dms blew up i know jason you get a lot of dms i think but i I don't normally and they kept coming and coming you should have done this you should have done that have you tried this have you tried that so this thing was what i wanted to do 
So I had a chunk of walnut and then cut in strips of brass at varying spots. So it looked kind of like abstract, but you couldn't do it all at once. You had to glue a couple in, let it dry overnight. I used West Systems Epoxy and then cut it again and then glue another piece in that would intersect all of them across. So it was a three-day glue up. So when people are just like throwing out ideas, you should have put a rod down the middle. Well, I mean, I thought of putting a rod to kind of tie it together, but the problem is it wouldn't have mattered. The adhesive, that epoxy doesn't work. Uh, it does. It doesn't have the sheer strength. I mean, I guess when you're on the lathe. Take you know, that, West the- Systems. Your <laughs> epoxy doesn't work. I thought I was like, this is the king. I'm, this can't fail. But I should have known. I, I knew it was going to fail before it failed because in the second stage glue up, when I was breaking it out of the mold in the clamps, like a piece broke off already. I said, oh boy, because you got pretty much end grain because you're slicing this stuff at an angle. So you get a little bit of end grain on smooth brass. And I didn't rough up the brass, which I should have, but it wouldn't have mattered. This stuff just sheared right off. So everyone with all their suggestions, which are great, but to throw out a suggestion willy nilly, like I can't just try something. It's a three day process in order to try something new. So my first step was to find a new adhesive, and I think I found it. Um, Gorilla Glue makes a clear construction adhesive that comes in like a tube, like a tube of caulk. And it's two times strength, their original, whatever. So I glued up a couple pieces back together, and I cannot rip them apart. The other ones I could just snap by hand. Um, They sheared right off. So I'm going to try again, you know, through just as I have free time, but I think it's going to work. And I'm going to put a rod down the middle. You know, the other thing, I didn't have like a 12-inch drill bit to, to throw a, a, uh, a rod down the middle. But that, you know, that brass, and the reason why that whole des- this whole design, because I got these little brass pins in there, doesn't work well is because wood moves and the pins don't. Mm. So already the day after, I had everything smooth and the wood shrunk a little bit and the pins are just a little bit proud. So the really, I think the only way to make those two mediums work together is if you fake it, stabilize that wood, fake it, right? Do it out of plastic. <laughs> if you, you know. So I think if you glue the whole thing up as a block and then have it stabilized, then that wood's never going to move. I originally was going to have a couple blocks stabilized, but you know, my buddy Jeff Fader, he's a knife maker. He does it all the time. He's like, yeah, I need like a week. I was like, a week? He's like, yeah, I got to put it in the oven and dry it out. And then it's a couple days in the solution. And then I got to dry it out in the oven again. And like, I don't have that kind of time. That was two weeks ago when I started. Oh, started right. <laughs> you would have been fine. Yeah, you would have been fine. <laughs> so anyway, that's... Uh, where we are i have the last one i was just sanding before i came up here my hands are shot like my literally last night they just cramped up like completely like had visions of high school all over i'm like ray mckigney for you seinfeld fans (laughs) (laughs) and i could i could not get my fingers to Uh... like spread out it was so anyway I got one more, and then I may actually put a poll up in my stories telling people which, which ones they like the best. There you go. That's and probably then, a good uh, idea. I just I was watching your stories, and I saw that fail clip. And I was like, <laughs> man, Keith's a way smarter woodworker than I am, and this happened to him. I'm so glad I didn't try and put brass in the middle <laughs> of those two sheets of walnut. 
Because well, I just I mean, couldn't turns, comprehend in my mind how I was going to get the... I mean, I looked a little bit into different kinds of glue, and some of them were like, oh, yeah, yeah, metal to wood, it's totally fine. But it just in my mind, I was like, the brass is so smooth. What's going to keep it from just popping off of there? Yeah, I think if you were doing just regular face grain and you scored the brass uh, or roughed it up with like 60 or 80 grit, just to give it a little purchase, uh, it might be okay, but... Again, putting it on the lathe, you got to make sure, you know, now yeah. that I've learned. I mean, that brass turns okay on the lathe. I mean, you can definitely hear the pitch change as soon as you hit it with those carbide tools, but it does turn. Hmm. Uh, but I tell you what, those brass shrapnel that flies off there is hot <laughs> as all get out. Got quite a few burns on my arms from that. Oh, I'm sure. Well, if you think the pitch is bad from turning brass, just imagine if you're turning woodwinds. <laughs> <laughs> or an accordion oh, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, i didn't see that one coming at all mm, not at all but yeah so um, that's what's been going on all right but you think with those. you think there's one or two within the 12 that you're happy with that uh i'm moderately happy with and it's not like i know this isn't a contest so i just want something that i feel comfortable sending and it's like one I like, but then the you know there's something wrong with it. Or I, uh, and the other thing, Jason, too, with that brass is because I'm using Rubio on these, which you only need to sand to 150 or 180. That brass uh, you need to sand to like 2,000. Yeah, to get I didn't even to think get it smooth. That. Yeah. So now, so I ran into that issue. I I find that, or I have found, if I put one coat of Rubio on and then go back and basically burnish it with steel wool. Mm. It, it gets most of the scrat, tiny scratches out, and it's pretty shiny. Uh, but yeah, that's another it's another issue. Now, you know, I could have maybe used shellac or boiled linseed oil, but I have neither neither <laughs> of those in the cabinete. So mm. I go with what I know and find out the error of my ways along the way. When you're putting Rubio on walnut, do you put maintenance oil on top of it or just the Rubio? Never. Because you can't touch up the the maintenance sure. oil. Mm. Yeah, which is normally my go-to as well for that reason. Um, I did put maintenance oil on my chisel handles because it does bring the sheen up a little bit. Sure, yeah. And I just yeah, thought... Yeah, it's just like a second coat of I Rubio. thought no one's going to touch up their chisel handles. So. No, it's going to get beat to hell. And that's yeah. why I'm not as concerned with the scratches. I mean, literally, you touch this stuff with a... Um, whatever a rag just kind of buff it off and it puts scratches that's brass is so soft it's like copper yeah i think so, we should also mention for those of you who are listening to this and are like what the heck are oh, you yeah. talking about with all these chisels yes um we think we mentioned it in the last podcast but uh, me and keith are part of this bigger group of woodworkers that um upcycled skate arts put together this group and we're all making a chisel and making two complete sets and then the chisel sets will be raffled off um ten dollars for a raffle ticket for color of change um so yeah that's that's what we're talking about mm -hmm. right they've already raised like a ton of money already i think twenty five hundred dollars so yeah far. that's pretty impressive that was really yesterday we haven't even really launched it yet i'm waiting to kind no. of launch it on my site until all the pictures all the chisels are up because yeah mine will be shipping out monday so He'll have oh, everything you're in under Tuesday. pressure now. Mm -mm -mm. I guess it. Due date. set a deadline for myself. Well, it's not too yep. late to just go back to the original cherry handle. 
two cherries. Just the original. <laughs> well, I think it is because I think he smashed the heck out of that. I think they're a bunch yeah. of matchsticks now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's, do you think uh, anybody's even going to use those chisels? I mean, I guarantee it's going to be one of those things. It's too beautiful to use, like a Tony Rouleau hand yeah. plane. Like it's just too nice. Well, I specifically, because I knew mine was going to be kind of impractical to use, so I specifically asked for the one inch because I was like, nobody uses a one inch chisel, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so. I was like, it's not going to be that practical. I'm just going to use the biggest one that no one's going to use that often. But no, I I don't know. I doubt people are going to use them that much. They're totally functional, though. Right. I mean, they're yeah. they're functional, but so is a lot of art. I mean, I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't use like the the statue David for anything other than yeah, just it's a pretty at, cool set. I, I mean, it's awesome seeing everybody's <laughs> different styles all put together. It's really cool. Yeah. It, it's going to look as a set. It's going to look, and I think, uh, oh, by the way, Upcycled Skate Art's name is Alex. Jason, I know none of us knew what his I name couldn't. Was, I looked on his Instagram and it wasn't there. <laughs> See, know. thank you for saying that. Because in my stories, I was like, uh, yeah. this dude, Upcycled Skate Art. And I was too embarrassed I I to be like, like such hey, a man, heel that we've been talking to for weeks now. What's your name? <laughs> okay. How'd you find out? I think someone had written it on one of his posts in a comment or somewhere. I don't know. Uh, okay. It, it was, uh, I had to do a little investigating. Well, that's funny. What's your name? I was, I was De- very Dolores close to asking. Mulva? Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> even E-Rock was like, hey, I got to send this. Uh, what's what's uh, Upcycled's name? I was like, nobody knows. Nobody, nobody has knows. a clue. <laughs> he doesn't have a name. Oh, he's probably the same guy that wanted Nick to build bookshelves, and we're all part of an elaborate <laughs> scam for him to get, you know, handmade chisels. Yep. No, I'm just joking. That's not true. We know it's it's a real thing. <laughs> so, Jason, but apart from, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, Jason, you finished your chisels. What uh, do you want to talk about them at all? Well, I mean, if you didn't see the Instagram posts, I um. I knew that everybody else was going to just turn something on the lathe. Not that I'm against that at all, because, I mean, what else are you going to do with chisel handles? Right. Um, so I was trying to think of something I could do that wasn't on the lathe. And so I don't know why, but for a long a long time ago, I thought it'd be cool to do a chisel with, like, brass knuckle handles built into it. Kind of like the old, like, World War II trench knives that you would see. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So I started playing around with this idea and it was one of those ideas that in my head I was like, oh, this is going to be really cool. It's not going to be that complicated. I could bust it out in a day. It ended up taking me like three days because it was a lot more complicated than I had anticipated (laughs) because the only way I could think to do it was because I wanted to like shape the brass knuckle part, which is skinnier, but then you got to add girth for the actual handle part. And so I had to do it in like multiple glue ups. So there was a lot of like doing a little work, gluing it up, waiting, doing a little more work. And then yeah. the only mm-hmm. thing I did on the lathe was just the very top portion where the um, the ferrule goes mm. on, which is a word I did not know until I started on this project. <laughs> I mean, how beautiful are those ferrules? Man, oh my gosh, Jen Bauer, she is a crazy lady. I don't know how she gets that good a detail on tiny stuff like that. I, yeah, she, I don't know. And I, I wanted to get 
could be, since I'm going to have 15 spare chisel handles, <laughs> I'd like to get, I'd like to get those actual ferrules, um, that wherever she got them. I know her husband, is he a clockmaker or something? Well, I is think a... didn't, didn't her husband machine them or something? Yeah. Oh, maybe he machined them. Ah, nuts. Yeah. Cause I looked on Lee Valley and they're all like chintzy, like little, like copper fittings that you would buy for pipes. <laughs> Like nothing as beefy as these. Yeah, they're really... Yeah, maybe I got to have them made. Yeah. But no, she was amazing. But yeah, I like how they turned out. There was um, a little controversy surrounding them. I don't know if we want to dive into that too much, but just because, you know, brass knuckles are historically kind of a violent thing and we're doing this for color of change, but I really... It had nothing to do with that. I just wanted to make something cool, so... Yeah. In the end, I think it's that's what it is. I wondered, with I wondered if you would out. catch any flack for being brass knuckles, because that's such like a symbol of like like thugs or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. Only one one guy, you know, mentioned, "Hey, this is something you might want to think about," and we kind of like talked it through with him. And in the end, we're like, you know, I think it's okay. And I I made a point to post on Instagram and say, like, "Yo, this is not at all what that's about." So I think it's I think it's fine when it's all said and done. Yeah. So, and it's just yeah. one part of a larger set. So. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. them a lot. They look really cool. Yeah. Great job. I I mean. And if people are worried about the violence side of things, I'm pretty sure if you punch somebody with those, the walnut would probably break on the first punch. So they're not going to be very effective. <laughs> I think the chisel is more dangerous than, uh, yeah, than the knuckles. Yeah. Did you think about like the orientation of the chisel blade? Like how that would actually work? Because I, I don't know how I would use it the way you have the, the actual bevel turned like 90 degrees from what I would think I would want to use it. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, I did think I did think a lot about this actually, and I went back and forth on whether to orientate it the other way or the way that I did it. And so the reason I did it the way that it is orientated was um a few reasons. Number one, because they all have to go in a custom made box, right? Oh, and if okay. the blade was orientated the other way, um then the brass knuckles would have been sticking like straight up which yeah. would have made the box not fit. And the other thing was you would have, like when you really think about it, you would have had to have your wrist at a really kind of funky angle to have your fingers in there and use it the other way. Okay. Where the way it is now, you can actually not even put your fingers in the grip and just hold on to the other side of the thing and just use uh, like a regular chisel if you really yeah, wanted yeah. to. Okay. I got gotcha. you. So, I think it worked out the best. I did have a couple of people that were like, oh, that's great. You should make a left-handed version because, you know, it's like one direction. But Oh, that's true. I mean, who wants to make anything for left-handed people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like half left-handed, so I only take half offense for that. How are you hmm. half left-handed? I'm, amb- I'm ambidextrous. Half- I play baseball left-handed, oh. but I do pretty much everything else right-handed. I, I really? don't. I honestly don't know how that happened. I I can, I can play golf left and right-handed, but I play golf right-handed because it's cheaper, because everybody has right-handed clubs. Well, and they charge greens fees more for lefties. Yeah, lefties. I think it's like two times for a lefty. They, yeah, they take a lot more divots. Yeah, and well, in baseball, I guess I'm half and half too. I catch with my left hand, but I throw with my right hand. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll let that slide. You're a phenom. <laughs> but I, I write with my right hand and cannot write with... Well, I can kind of like scribble with my left hand a little bit. But pretty much throwing and sports are the only thing I do left-handed. But if you really? see, if you see you me in the shop... you throw lefty and bat lefty? I throw left-handed, bat left-handed. I switch hit in high school, but then when I got to college... Um, our, our batting coach was like, you suck from the right side of the plate, so you're going to hit left-handed. So <laughs> that was the end of my switch hitting career. But yeah, I, I do all that left-handed, but if you see me in the shop, I do everything else right-handed. You would never know that I'd do anything else left-handed. Wow. Weird. It's kind of weird. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. But So to switch subjects a little bit, Apart from the chisels, I saw that you're starting to work on your bent lamination, Keith. Yeah, let's hear it. Yes. But it didn't look, maybe I'm wrong, but you, I thought you mentioned that you were going to have forms like CNC'd by somebody, but it didn't look like that's the route you were going. Looks like you bandsawed it. Right. That, yeah. The, the plan was to have them cnc because I was going to have one form with a bunch of holes in it so I could... Uh, wrap my laminations around that and clamp it down. So that's one way you can do it. The other way, and I've done this other way before, is where you have a male and female, almost like a die, and you put your strips in there and you draw the two pieces together and they form around it. Yeah. Um, and because with the other way, you need about, the way I had it mapped out, you need about 22 like C-clamps, which mm. I have zero. Mm. And so rather than invest in all those... Uh, and I saw a lovely YouTube video uh, by, I think, Fine Woodworking on uh, doing, a, doing a bent lamination like this. And all he used was three Irwin quick grip, quick, quick grip clamps. <laughs> say that three uh, times To fast. pull the whole thing together. I couldn't say it once. <laughs> uh, so it, the problem is it's such a tight radius that it may not work, uh, but it might. So I spent yesterday and today... I thought I was only going to build one form, but I was able to take all the scraps and uh, make two forms. So tomorrow I'm going to start resawing all the pieces. But so the plan was I'm going to pre-soak all these strips, eighth-inch strips, pre-soak them, and then pre-bend them around the form and let them dry. That way, when I go to glue them up, they're already kind of they have that shape okay, to sure, them already. Yeah. But, so I went to Lowe's today, and I bought a 10-foot length of PVC pipe, a 6-inch pipe. I'm going to cut it in half. That way I can have two 5-foot sections. I can have two sets of strips soaking at once. And I bought an end cap for each. So I get home, and the 6-inch end cap doesn't fit. It's like buying a dust collection fitting that doesn't, you know, you always buy these fittings from PowerTech, and they never fit your friggin' <laughs> dust collection oh yes like what what does that six inch end fit if it doesn't fit on the six inch pvc pipe like it's exactly the same size mm. it's that crickets exactly <laughs> that's exactly my reaction when i got home and now i realize i have to go back it's that inside diameter yeah. outside diameter stuff isn't it well they're ex yeah, but they're exactly the same so what do those six inch caps go to that's a great question Five and oh, well. nine sixteenths. How far <laughs> off is it? Is it like just loose? They're a, literally exactly the same size. Like if you were to chop off a piece of that PVC pipe and just seal the end, that's exactly what that end cap is. Hmm. Doesn't oh, well, fit around it. Doesn't fit in it. Assume that people are just like, oh, they'll just duct tape this on there. 
<laughs> yeah. You know? Let's use some CA glue. Yep. Yeah, I'll turn yeah. it on the lathe. The fiber and fix hollow was right the next inside. to it. Yeah. <laughs> so do they make a cap that fits on there? I don't know. I, I got to go back and ask the helpful folks at Lowe's. <laughs> Every time yeah. I go to Lowe's, I always think of that Parks and Rec episode where Ron Swanson walks down and the guy's like, can I help you? And he says, I know more than you. And just walks <laughs> off. <laughs> Every time. That's kind of what it is. Like you don't want to ask any questions. No. No. I've asked questions before that I know like I'll ask, "Hey, where is this?" and I know mm-hmm. they have it. And so many times they're like, "Oh yeah, we don't carry that." Oh yeah. That's like, their I, go-to. I went in there the other day cuz we just had a Lowe's open up in our town like it's been open maybe a few months and I walked in there and I was like, "Hey, where are the rubber mallets?" And the guy looks at me and he's like, a what? And I said, a rubber mallet. It's like a rubber hammer. And then he just started laughing. <laughs> like, you know the one that with the handle like, bends? Oh, you're, you're joking. Ah. Like he thought I was just totally yeah. just being a jerk. This isn't Party City. And I was like, oh, f- forget it. I'm just going to go walk around and find this myself. Ah, rubber, rubber mallets. <laughs> Who'd want a rubber well, I had to hammer? Get- I had to get a sheet of plywood ripped down for this form so it fit in my truck. And I went back to that panel saw that they have. And he's like, yeah, I can help you. But, you know, I don't normally work back here. I work out in the yard. <laughs> like in the, par- whatever, in the parking lot unloading trucks. No, he means the yard. Like the, so, grass, <laughs> the grass lot on the side. <laughs> that would make more sense. There were some guys out there redoing the Maybe he was a, in the parking lot. Prison, pr- prison escapee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm normally anyway, in the no yard. he had no idea. He had no idea how to work this thing. I, I mean, I just know from watching people, like you have to turn it sideways when you want to make a rip cut and you have to, and where the measurements are and how to lock that thing so it doesn't slide up and down the, yeah. the rails. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a whole thing. Well, how much, how much tear out did he give you? Uh, there actually wasn't too much, even though he pulled that thing through, like, <laughs> like he's trying to start a mower. I mean, just, <laughs> Just yank it on through. They don't care. Oh, that's the best. That'll be 25 cents per cut, sir. <laughs> they don't care. Uh, yeah. The, uh, that yeah. reminds me. But I me. go to Lowe's because it's not as busy. Like Home Depot is just a nightmare. There's so many yeah. people. And Lowe's, yeah. is, it's, it's like tumbleweeds rolling through there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But sorry, Nick. Go I was going to say, I went to Lowe's one time and had to have them rip down a sheet of plywood for me. And uh, it was kind of that same situation. This guy was like, yeah, hold on. Give me a minute and I'll. I'll go. I got to go get the code because my Lowe's mm, has right. like you know a keypad. A keypad. You have to put yep. in your code and it unlocks the power switch, whatever. So he comes back, and I was I was making some Instagram stories, and I was like, I'm a I'm a story this just because who knows what's gonna happen. I don't know if he's just gonna try and hot butter through knife or hot knife through butter this thing <laughs> or what. But <laughs> it was the slowest cut on earth, and it literally was five stories worth of him running the soft through cross cut through this sheet of plywood you could have hand cut it yeah, faster. yeah. i i didn't like <laughs> didn't change the speed of my video or anything i just held my phone up and, and recorded and it was five stories worth so wait it was a cross cut not a rip no cut? Cross, so yeah, it was only cross cut. four feet i just needed i just needed oh, a even full sheet feet. cut in half yeah so it was just a oh four foot cut and it took a minute and a half to get through. <laughs> All right. So there are two things I'm hearing from this. 
First of all, both of you guys just need to buy yourselves a truck. That is correct. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Yes. And the the second thing is, before I had a truck, and we just had a, like the one car me and my wife drove as a Subaru. I learned very quickly not to mess around with them having ripped stuff at Home Depot. I just carried the little like cheapest battery powered Ryobi skill saw in the back of my wife's car. Yeah. And if I needed yeah. a full sheet, I just haul it out in the parking lot, cut it down right there, and then throw it in the car. Yeah. I do that now when I need a full sheet cut down. I take my cordless, but that was. I tried doing way it before. in the store one time, and they, they probably like, didn't like that. <laughs> they freaked With their out. saw, yeah. They probably didn't <laughs> no, like I mean, I like I brought I brought it in. I just carried it in. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna cut it down anyways. I'm just gonna cut it down and put it on the little cart and wheel it up front. And I was like in the middle of cutting it, and somebody came up and was like, "Can I help you? What are you doing?" And they were like, "Yeah, we can't have you operating power tools inside the store, sir." You got blacklisted. And that's when I looked at him and I said, I know more than you. <laughs> and yeah, I'm a trained professional. <laughs> I've watched YouTube. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Did, did you guys see that I actually actually got started on my dresser drawer music cabinet thing? Music cabinet? Yeah. I did see that. I finally got started got on it. Parts. Yep. So I... I called up my plywood place and they took my order and all I had to do was just I borrowed a truck because I don't have one borrowed a truck and just backed it up to the loading dock and they loaded me up with six six man I can't even speak Woo. six sheets of uh, six sheets yeah two sheets of three quarter two sheets of half and two sheets of uh, one quarter these are five by five five by fives yeah oh it's all Baltic yeah okay. all Baltic birch so uh, what does that run you a sheet down there? It's for the three. It quarters? is really cheap. I think I paid thirty four dollars uh, a sh- a sheet of three quarter. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Okay, wow. I want to yeah. say like twenty nine or thirty for a half inch, and it was like eighteen for the quarter inch. I feel like I hmm. pay like forty nine or something. Wow, I can't even. I don't even think I can get it anywhere. Really. I mean, I get it because uh, a company that one of our vendors that makes our cutting dies for packaging, they have sheets. They buy it by the skid or the truckload, but they have sheets that come in that are, they aren't perfectly flat. So they set yeah. them off to the side upside down and let them flat. And he lets me take, I take like three sheets and he charges me like 20 bucks. Wow. And then, you know, you're ripping it down anyway. I don't need like a five by five sheet dead flat. I'm not using yeah. it right. that big. None of my sheets are ever flat. The only thing I really use Baltic Birch for is when I'm doing like built-ins. I'll use it for drawer boxes. Drawers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you're ripping it down so much that it really doesn't matter. So No, mm-hmm. it doesn't at all. All my stuff was completely dead flat. Hmm. So that was nice. I mean, it does, like you said, it doesn't matter, but it was nice to pull it all out and not even worry about it. Also... I, I typically like to cut one edge and then use that as a reference to square off all my other cuts. This yeah. all all six of these sheets were square on like two edges to start. So I didn't hmm. even have to worry about cutting off an edge. It was nice. I mean, super rare. Yeah, that doesn't always happen. No, it was great. So I think I saw like a rough drawing of this thing. So it's basically just a tall cabinet. It's all drawers, right? Yeah, it's about five feet tall and it's 15 drawers. Uh, oh, my nightmare. Three full full width drawers. And then what is that? 12 half drawers. 
Okay. Um, so, so are you doing any sort of like internal structure or is it just going to be a box with a face frame and then all your drawers or how are you constructing this? So I'm doing, I'm not going to use any um, extension pull out slides or anything like that. I'm just going to do straight drawer boxes, old school. Uh, so it'll be wood on wood. I'll just use paste wax on the drawer boxes. <laughs> Was that funny? Wood on wood. Yeah, wood on wood action. I didn't know what podcast. Oh, was. sorry, my bad. <laughs> this is a family podcast. Well, what 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 more would you expect from a pianist? Cabinet? That's right, a pianist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Sheet music. But I'm going to use paste wax on the drawer boxes because what I'll do is have the drawer boxes. Uh, the sides of the drawer boxes will be taller than the fronts and the backs. Because uh, the front of the drawer box is going to be the solid piece of wood. And I'll use like the a quarter inch piece on the front uh, as a stop okay. so that you can only push the drawer box in flush with the, the face frame. So your drawer box is going to be like three sides of Baltic with your hardwood piece on the front? It's going to be four. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and do four because it'll be easier that way. And then I'll just attach yeah. the, the, the false front. The false yeah. front. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'll do that on everything and which has kind of got me to the point now where I've cut everything. It's I've got the um inside structure is going to be all 3 quarter inch. Well, no, I take that back. M the main section is going to be 3 quarter inch with all of the drawer uh dividers will be half inch. And I can't figure out if I want to just domino everything which will kind of take up a lot of time of just figuring out where to put all those uh, dominoes on the inside of the carcass because doing inside panel joinery with the dominoes. How deep is your cabinet? It is, oh man, off the top of my head, I want to say like 18 inches. Okay. Oh, okay, Charles. Uh, do what I maybe, like to do in 20. that case is I like to do dados. Yeah, I thought about and what that. I'll do is I'll do like a section. If it's 18 inches deep, I'll cut a 36 inch section. I'll dado where all my drawers are going to be, then cut it in half. Cut it in half. Oh, so yeah. Exactly. And then they're like, they're identical. Yeah. Then it's perfect on either side. Right. In hindsight, I, that's what I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's cut and but everything's nailed cut. and, and yeah. dominoes, screwed together. I mean, dominoes isn't hard either. No, it's not. It's just one of those things of like now I have to really think about my offset for each. It's a pain. Yeah, it's just going to be a it's pain. A pain really. doing it in the field. Yeah, because now I'll have to space out for every drawer spacing because I'm using those dividers as the basically the bottom of my drawer. Well, why yeah. can't you just attach? to the inside of the box like a three-quarter inch just runner for your spacers to sit on just kind of like a you know like a shelf yeah like a shelf yeah i mean you're not gonna see it no it's just you all wouldn't. drawers you're not gonna see inside the box whatsoever so why does it matter um i guess it doesn't matter i would have to change how the design of the front would work oh. because i i designed the front so that the drawer boxes sit flush with the face frame and the face frame goes on in front of those dividers. Oh, uh, then the, you mean then the drawers couldn't be pulled out cause it hit the face frame. Right. Did it that way. Uh, I don't understand well. why that's a problem. 
<laughs> I mean, well, no, you're not I mean, trying I, to get anything in there. No, I don't understand why you couldn't pull the drawers out. Well, because I'm using the half-inch dividers are in between each drawer. Oh, it's so, just a half inch. Yeah, it's ju I'm using just a half inch uh, with like okay. an eighth inch reveal uh, gap okay. in between I all of that. So, uh, okay. So the drawers, like when you have split drawers, there's yeah. no like face frame in between them. There, there is, but it's only a half inch. It's okay. just, mm. it's just that divider width. Okay, okay. I get what you're yeah. saying. Because I'm, I decided I'm gonna just. Um, edge bend all the plywood and then because i'm going to be pore filling everything the edge banding d will take the pore fill just like the plywood will so it'll take paint and it'll all be smooth and you won't even be able to tell that it's edge band versus and you're still face facing frame. it all with with oak i'm at, no i'm not I, it's actually not going to get a face frame now oh so i'm just going to edge band all all the all the face Okay, so this is making more sense. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, if we could see a SketchUp drawing, that would help. Yeah, at the top of your box, because since you're doing it all out of plywood, yeah, are you like mitering those top corners to hide your plywood, or how are you doing that top? No, it, it'll be butt joint, but because I'm filling it with <clears throat> the TimberMate pour fill, you wouldn't, you won't be able to see it at all. Like all of those joints will be completely gone because it's it's going it's getting painted black. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or will you? <laughs> I, I guarantee you won't see it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. No, everything I've seen that that this application is used on, you don't see any joints at all, as long as they're flush. Like if if there's gaps, you're gonna see them. I mean, I guess the nice thing with plywood is you don't really have to worry about it moving around. No, moving. see, that's that's yeah. why I was thinking I'm I, I'm not in any kind of danger of having any kind of gaps open up in the future because it's plywood and it's stable. It's not gonna move on me. So I yeah. cut it once, I fill it, I paint it. You'll never know. It's not one piece of wood. What kind of edge banding are you using? Oak? Uh, no, I'll, I'll use birch. <laughs> <laughs> Red oak. Yeah. Uh, walnut. I, I'm going to probably use walnut. Yeah, wengi. Wengi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> did, nice. uh, did the Wood Whisperer put out his pore filling video yet? Yeah, he did. On his cabinet? Yeah, he put oh, it he out. Did? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I must have missed it. I don't know how I missed it on YouTube, but I DM'd him. I was like, are you going to, you said you were going to put this out. Did you put that? He's like, yeah, it's been out like a week ago. Oh my bad. Oh boy. my bad. So I went and watched it and he, you know, used Timbermate. Well, actually he used like mm -hmm. Aquacoat on some, said he hated it, and then switched over to Timbermate, diluted it down and uh filled all the pores on all his uh, mother's cabinets. And they look yeah, right. they look great. I mean they look Yeah, they, I mean he showed a difference with filled and unfilled. It's on it's night and day. Yeah. And the great thing about being able to fill it is I'm going to be able to tint the Timbermate black on the front end. So all the pores will be filled in with black before I even Ooh. hit it with paint. So paint. I'm thinking mm -hmm. I'm I'm going to I'm going to do a t couple test runs uh try and do my my Keith Johnson prototyping and <laughs> have a piece and hit it with the Timbermate tinted black and then actually only hit it with the uh general finishes black poly so not even hit it with mm -hmm. paint 
see if it okay. will be enough black to cover everything and not get any kind of grain on it. So I don't have to build up like two coats of paint and then put a top coat. Oh God, black paint is just, I've had so many nightmares with that. I love it. it just, it's, it shows everything. Yeah. I mean, just oh, applying yeah. it shows everything. Black For is sure. the hardest and thing. You, and then if you put water-based finish over it, I mean, the water-based black probably is much different, but if you're putting a general finishes, water-based satin, you know, the high performance, yeah. it's milky. Yeah, it is. I'm, yeah. I'm doing the, uh, it, oh, is it Enduro? I don't know if it's Enduro. Yeah, yeah it's clear. Enduro-var? No, no, no. In, not Enduro-var. Not Enduro-var. It's just, they call it clear poly. But it's their black poly. Why not? Oh, it's Enduro yeah, I mean, black poly. That's what they call it. I would imagine the black poly is probably similar, but like, I mean, you can get like conversion varnish tinted black, yeah. you know? Yeah, you can tint their it's stuff. Like, it's black, black and super hard. Yeah. Well, have you guys, you've seen my outfit table. That's what I, mm-hmm. I originally found their black poly and put, put that on there. And that's, what did I use on that? Did I use gloss or? I want to say I use satin on it. it might, well, I don't remember. I feel like every podcast so far, we get into this stretch where it's just Nick talking about making things black <laughs> and his struggles with it. It's a it's a road that once you go down, find a new color. You just you cannot come back from black. <laughs> I'm not one to talk. I spent the entire day in the shop turning beautiful white oak black. So. You did. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. do a lot of that. I, do, I mean, yeah, I've done a bit of it. I wouldn't say I do a lot of more it. Than not, I, more than I've seen anybody else I'm do. I'm not like, a, like Nick. Nick turns everything <laughs> black. No, white, I'm talking white oak. Yeah. Not many I people. Do, I will say, because white oak has such like a porous grain, I, it's probably my favorite thing to turn black because even as black as black can be, you can still see the grain in there. Yeah. Right. Which I which I like. I mean, I know like if you want to just black black, obviously paint or whatever, but you wouldn't use oak either. But no, I would. Um, yeah, you would just pour <laughs> fill it. I don't know. <laughs> My very first built in I ever did for a client when I was still a noob woodworker. It was a huge like fourteen foot by ten foot built in, and they wanted the entire thing black. And that's back when I was painting everything myself. And man, black is black is a is a tricky, a fickle a horror. beast. Yeah, yeah, and it gets everywhere. Yeah, but that's where I discovered on that piece because I went into my local Sherwin Williams, and they're usually pretty good about like they know their products really well, depending on who you talk to. And they introduced me to the paint that I still like. I even have my painter use this paint. It's their. Um, Camaqua? It's their emerald urethane. Oh, yeah. Super expensive. It's almost 100 bucks a gallon. Um, But I swear to you, they have a little like test sample piece. They they recommend it for floorboard, um, but they have a sample piece of floorboard in there that's painted black. And you can take your car keys and like run it over the surface of that and it will not like come off. It'll leave like an. It'll leave an indentation, obviously, where you like dig your car key into it, but it doesn't yeah. like pull any of the paint off. That stuff is insanely hard. It's water based. Yeah, water based. Hmm. Water based. Hmm. Yeah. I need to get so some of if that. If you're looking for a good water based paint, that is all I use anymore. 
So, and when I told my painter to use that, because I've started using a painter whenever I need stuff painted, he's like, "Are you sure that stuff's so expensive?" And I was like, "That's why." Yeah, man. Let's do no it. No callbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you put a top coat on after, or no. it levels out and gives a nice sheen? No, it gives a great sheen. No top coat, and I even when I sprayed it, I'd even you know thin it down with water, and it still mm-hmm. was really good. Wow. You think? Would that be all right for like a coffee table or something that gets yeah you know, totally repetitive I use? Even, yeah. um, in my house, um, in our so we have like uh, red oak flooring in the entire downstairs. Not by choice. That's what was in there, and then we wanted to add some more, so we just kind of went with it. But then in the upstairs, we had carpet, and I wanted to rip out the carpet. I'm just not a big carpet fan. Hate um, it. Mm. It's just disgusting, and ripping out carpet just solidified that in my mind how disgusting carpet is. But mm-hmm. I wanted to put something else upstairs, so I put um, pine flooring in the entire upstairs of our house, and then I painted it black mm-hmm. with that paint. Wow. wow. And we've been, it looks awesome, but we've been walking on it for over a year now, and it still looks awesome, and my son's been driving trucks all over it and dropping stuff on it, and still looks great. How so do you care for it? you can walk on it, then vacuum it. Like, how do you it? clean it and stuff? Just wa- soapy water? Like, Swiffer? Vacuum it, mop it, yeah. I mean, we used a semi-gloss, so it's got a high gloss to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looks great. Wow. I was expecting, like when I put it down, I was thinking like, oh, this is going to get dinged up and you'll see some wood through it, but it'll look cool, like an old worn floor. It's still just yeah. completely black. There's no wood showing whatsoever. That's awesome. Yeah. So Might need to try that. Anyways, um, this episode is brought to you by Sherwin-Williams <laughs> and Mobile Earth. Mm. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think they have the oddest, unearth-friendly uh, logo? slogan. Oh, my God. It's a, it's, it's a giant paint can covering the entire <laughs> covering earth. The earth. Just cover says, the cover earth the with earth. red paint. Yeah, paint yeah world. it's like this is not eco-friendly whatsoever. I totally wow. agree. What the heck? Sponsored by the yeah. EPA. I mean, I don't get offended by many, but that one kind of set me I know. Off Whoever thought up that logo was not thinking correctly. It was probably back Especially in the Whoever 50s. approved it. Uh, you can think Especially it up, but who approved it? in today's day and age, like, you know, low VOC and all natural organic. Like, that is the worst logo right. ever. I love it. I mean, it's like a candy-coated apple. That thing is, like, completely halfway covered and, oh, yeah. just solid red. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, for Whatever. sure. So I wanted to tell you about a little screw up I had though with the uh, cabinets, or the cabinet I'm making rather, the uh, the SketchUp that I designed for it. It called for 99 pieces, and I cut 99 pieces. That included everything <laughs> from the drawers, uh, the drawer boxes, the drawer bottoms, everything. So I got everything together, and I was like, you know what? I just let me just see what these drawers look like, how they go together. So I put a side together, front and back, and my drawer bottoms, I cut them exactly to fit <laughs> to fit inside the drawer. No groove? No. Uh. <laughs> Not to fit in a groove. <laughs> so I've got... So the cabinet is now one inch smaller. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just going to recut those <laughs> bottoms, but... I, I was like, yeah, that's cheap enough. I was like, I'm such an idiot that I didn't account for, you know, an eighth of an inch on each side in SketchUp to account for that groove in the drawer boxes. So a word to the wise, anybody using SketchUp, double check your figures before you just go willy nilly and cut all your parts out. 
Can't you just mm. glue another piece of quarter inch ply on there? Underneath it? <laughs> just like an eighth on the side. <laughs> yeah, that, that won't take uh, long. That'll be real strong. 84 drawers that you have. Right. Yeah, so Dude, I've got I've 15 drawer bottoms before. that are just worthless. So yeah, annoying. On that right the on. last time I made a mistake like that was I was doing these really like fancy walnut pieces and it's those ones that i made the kind of like um integrated scooped drawer pull on the front of the drawer a oh, while yeah. back mm-hmm. and i mean the drawer pull takes like an hour and a half two hours just to make the drawer pull and i got it and then you have to glue it on top of the drawer face and i glued it on there and then i was cutting my drawer face to size and somehow i misread my tape measure i think it was supposed to be like 36 and i like looked at 26 i don't know Ooh. but so i just cut it completely short and went to put it in there and it was like ridiculously short so then <laughs> i just had to scrap the whole thing rebuild the whole drawer pull such a pain in the butt man yeah and that's the one you love the grain on too right yeah like i know it had perfect. like it was so perfect but whatever Man, at terrible. least it wasn't i mean some of the cabinets i do all the drawer faces running like left to right are all grain matched. Grain matched. Oh, that man. would be a nightmare to mess up. Then you got to do gotta them all, all over. Of them. That'd be awful. Yeah. But that's what happens when you start working too fast, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. It happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens. I have the opposite problem of working too fast right now. I am working so flipping slow right now. On purpose? And it's, I don't, I don't even, it's partly on purpose. It's partly because I'm trying to do more stuff for YouTube. So I'm filming stuff. It's partly Mm. because this darn coronavirus thing. And I'm like, you know, we don't have a great place for my son to go during the day. So we're taking turns like watching him. So I'm like, you know, working a little bit here and there. And I've been working on this darn bathroom hutch that I should have had done like a week ago. And I'm still not even done with it. I feel like I'm working like you know two hours here two hours there yeah can't get any flow can't get any flow so i'll have it done tomorrow it's completely finished it's got all the pre-color black on it but then i gotta go back over the whole thing with the uh rubio top coat but that'll go pretty quick and then it's done and then it's onto the onto the table that we've been talking about on every episode that I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one with the long uh, yeah. rod or telephone yeah, pole? Yeah. Or the telephone pole. Maybe the, maybe the end of that story will be I just never got to it. Yeah. Mm, that's, yeah. that's a good story. The, can't, the customer canceled. Yeah, customer canceled. <laughs> no, and that was the other thing I think I said last week is that the interior designer pushed the, the due date back a month. So yeah. now I'm just like... I'm not Dragging under the feet. gun, so it's just the motivation to get it done quick is just not as much there. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-mm-mm. But what are you going to do? I thought the other night, because I, you know, I have a little more free time with the whole COVID thing, put my son down. I was like, oh, me and my next door neighbor are going to go fishing, just kind of relax for the evening. And I went fishing, and I was standing on the bank, and I, like, cast my line out. And my lure got snagged on some like plants or sticks or something underwater. And so I was like yanking on my fishing pole. And then all of a sudden the lure just cut loose and like shot right back towards me. And it was going to hit me in the face. So like natural instinct, I stuck my my hand up (laughs) and I caught it Uh. right in the fatty part of my hand. Like it went in, it was a Uh. treble hook. It went in so deep. 
that like the the barb was like way down in there. And so I was like, man, uh. how am I going to get this out? The barb's like in the fatty part of my hand. And so I like went over to the bank and I got some needle nose uh. pliers out and I started kind of pulling on it. But I knew uh. if I if I rip this thing out, it's just going to tear my hand to shreds trying to pull it out the way it came in. So after yeah. like 10 minutes of convincing myself this is the only thing to do, uh, I had to take the needle nose pliers and I had to push it all the way through until it popped out lower on my hand. So the barb woo. was I like, I re-pierced a hole on the bottom so the barb was sticking woo. out and then I could cut, cut the barb off and then I pulled it back through. <laughs> uh, it was a... Uh, it was kind of gnarly. I almost, um, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I almost passed out during the whole ordeal, moving that thing around in my hand. It I almost not, just passed yeah. out. Just oh, thinking about it. Gosh. It did not feel good. No. So, so now Ugh. you carry like bolt cutters or wire cutters so you can cut off that the end of it and then just slide it back out? Well, if that ever happens again. Now I'm like, man, if my lure is stuck at the bottom of the flipping lake, I'm just going to cut the line and move <laughs> Trim on. Trim the line. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with this. Uh, but after I cut the one barb off, so then I was from a treble hook, I was down to two hooks on that lure. I like stopped bleeding, composed myself, and then I cast it out and I caught a fish first cast with two, <laughs> two hooks then. So take that. The taste of Redeem blood. Redeem myself. It was the tiniest <laughs> fish I've ever caught, but it was a fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I know you sent that picture. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I didn't know you pulled it back that out. Was, that was after I had already pushed it through the bottom, that picture. Oh, that oh man. Yeah. I should have taken, I should have done a video of the whole ordeal. That would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Some good content. Ugh. Battle conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you bite down on a wooden spoon <laughs> while you were doing it? Yeah. Hey, you guys want to hear something kind of sad? Uh, I, I think I as Absolutely. we speak right now, because I'm not outside, so I can't see, but I'm pretty sure because I told him he could come at um, 6.30. It's 7 my time. But um, some guys coming today to pick up the tank. No. Really? Take it away. Is he taking it to the Smithsonian? <laughs> no, he is um, taking it down to their family camping property. And putting it a, on a lawnmower. As a fixture. He <laughs> says that someday he would like to put it onto a, like a refurbished go-kart frame. Oh, oh cool. But it's not I'm a glad, lawnmower. I'm glad, it's going, I'm glad it's going to a home that, you know, somebody's going to appreciate it. Did you like put that up on yeah. like an ASPCA type website for... No, I just tanks. posted on I just posted on Instagram like, "Hey, this is sitting in my pasture, you know, I'm 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 done with it at this point if anybody wants it." And I got like 8 DMs. He was just the first guy. I'm surprised that many people want a huge tank just sitting in their yard, but this is America, I guess. <laughs> so, America. Yeah, I was thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to leave it in our pasture. It'll be this cool thing." But my wife was like, "I don't want to stare at this thing." <laughs> <laughs> I lost the battle. Uh, yep. Well, you can always go visit it anytime you want. You yeah. know where it is. Write it letters. Yeah. yeah. You guys can be pen pals. Yeah. 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 Like it wartime just means pen I gotta, pals. I got to build something else, I guess. Yep. That's all it means. 
the next viral video. <laughs> uh, well, that video was not viral, but uh, close enough. Well, you had you had some fifteen minutes of fame there with going on the news and barstool or else. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Nothing to yeah. be ashamed of. Yeah, I mean, you got a few oh. bucks off of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, we like. I loved it. I still love it. Well, what else? What else can we talk about on this episode? You know, actually, I was just thinking it was about time to wrap it up. <laughs> I know. Uh, we did actually have a topic, Nick. Yeah, Nick yeah, we, we did topic, have a topic, but, but I guess we'll save it for next time. But we should... Uh, we'll yeah, we'll say what the topic is. It'll be like a teaser for next yeah, time. Yeah. We were going to talk about video production. Okay. Like what we what we each do, because we all do something different and, sure. uh, as far as re- oh, recording and, and yeah. editing. I think it'll be a good good topic right. for next time. I like time. that topic. It'll give you plenty of time to think about it and come okay. up with a good uh, good uh, story. Yeah, good outline. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll start putting together my 20, 20 point. In your you notes know, app. It's a, a 30 day plan. Yep. One, <laughs> one point a day for 30 yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, we do appreciate you guys listening to uh, our podcast here. We're just a couple of idiots that want to sit around and, and blabber, and we appreciate you listening. We would also appreciate it if you go over to the uh, Apple podcasting app and leave us a five-star review, because that does help us out a lot getting our uh, podcast up there on the uh, charts, because we want to be number one. Moving on up. Yeah, we're in this, we're in this for the money. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> None of us really care about anything else but the money and the fame, the notoriety, and that's only going to happen with five-star reviews. And eventually, you know, you guys sending us money. Right. Mm. Eventually. That's what it all is. We won't even to. get anything from it. No. We're just going to start openly asking for money. <laughs> this is straight up <laughs> donations. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I well, kid. I have, uh, I'll have 15 uh, chisel handles to raffle off. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Each We're starting a, a, it'll be a fund. It's the human fund. The human fund. <laughs> Money for people. Yeah. Right. Money for people. Us people. For us. Yes. Us the humans. Awesome. All right. Well, you guys um, you take it easy until next time. We will see you guys next All time. All right. Later. See ya. Peace. Peace.